Amazing. I wonder if you'd just turn in your Bibles to Matthew in chapter 5 this morning. You'll be able to follow it from whatever version you have before you, but on the screens it will be um, showing it in the message, and that's where I want to read it from. This morning, this morning we're going to be looking at our final part of the vision series, the last piece of the jigsaw, really. And we're going to be looking at the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I was yesterday in a city, the great city of Nottingham, a city that I really love and enjoy walking around. But I was touched by the fact that this city had on the fringes of it brokenness and ugliness. Every city has diversity and range. Every city has a buzz. There's life in the city. But what I was particularly fixed by was, as we were going out of Nottingham, and as the the night was drawing in, the city was lit up by light. We are called to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So let's begin to read, shall we, from Matthew in chapter 5 and verse 13. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness, usefulness, and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Father, already we've heard lots of information. There's been lots of inspiration. But I pray at this moment there will be impartation that can only come from you. So I ask that you will anoint these words that I'm about to speak this morning, that it would settle in each of our hearts, that we would commit ourselves to be in a light that shines for you. We ask this, Father, in your name. Amen. I have... um, Bex, who's going to help me this morning with some uh, a gift that I want to give to you. And uh, I want each of us to be able to just take the gift in our hands and just hold it there, if you will, for a moment. So if we can do that now, if we can do it as quickly as we can, ladies, that would be helpful. And I want you to just take one of these sticks and I want you to just hold it in your hand, if you will. If you can just take a stick and hold it in your hand. And as you do that... I'm going to take a drink of water. Yeah, just hold them. Don't do anything yet. Sorry. Don't do anything with them yet. You've all done it. I told you you did not follow simple instructions. I just told you to take it in your hand and do nothing with it. 
Christine, well done. Julie, well done. Bob Ty, naughty boy. Why am I not surprised? Stuart Holmes, naughty boy. Have we all got one? that I could try and ground this and root this in everybody because the fact is these sticks are used uh, often for children's parties and uh, I understand also, not that I've done this in the clubbing scene, but they're used for glow sticks and clubs and all that kind of stuff. But the interesting thing is, if for those who haven't already broken the stick, the stick needs to be broken for light to shine. Let me just make a very, very, as I saw this, a very prophetic statement. There is no way you will shine unless you are broken. Broken people shine. Broken people shine. That's why those who don't shine are not broken. I'm talking about in the things of God now. God takes our lives and he breaks our lives to make our life. Anybody hearing me this morning? So as our lives, and I want every one of you now just to break the stick, and you have to break it numerous times, there's now a light that's beginning to shine. Some of you may have an attachment, and you can actually put them on your wrist as well, if you so want to. God wants us Listen, God wants us, I'll say it again, God wants us to shine. Let me just look at Matthew chapter 5 just for a moment, because there's no point in us giving out a load of goals if we don't give some grounding to this. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 in the NIV reads wonderfully well. But just for common language, I thought I'd take the message. And verse 13, this is what Peterson writes. Let me tell you why you are here. Anybody wondered why you're here? Anybody ever wondered why you're on planet Earth? I went by a number of people yesterday on my journey in the city. And I saw within the the people's eyes the question that they didn't speak, but you could see it in their eyes. wasn't me just hyping this up or humming it up, I could see the question in their eyes as they walked aimlessly through the city of Nottingham, can somebody tell me why I am here? You might be here this morning thinking, why am I here? Why am I on planet earth? What is my life all about? Am I just a toy for God to mess around with and play around with? Jesus actually tells us why we are here. We are here to be an influence for Jesus. He goes on to say, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You might be thinking, I want to get out of this place that I work in. I just do not want to work in this company any longer. I do not want to be around these people. Please get me out of this neighborhood. Please get me out of this house. Please get me out of this situation. And God says you will stay there 
Because you are there to bring saltiness into that desperate situation. You are there to be godliness into that uh, circumstance and into that factory and into that school and into that business. That is why you are here. Why are we here as a church? God has placed us here to be an influence for him. We are not the only influence. There are other influences around and other churches around that are a great influence. But we are part of the influence. The influence is here. To be light that brings out the God colours in the world. There are a variety of colours In the world in which we live, some of you like pink, some of you like green, some of you like black, some of you like blue, some of of you like turquoise. What I'm intrigued by is when I read the Bible, it's quite interesting that actually Revelation and some of the prophets begin to talk about colours that we have no understanding of. Because the colours that we understand, God has created way more colours. And there are so many colours that God wants to introduce us to. We're here to bring God into the world. How cool is that? Everybody shake your wand at me or shake your wrist or shake your, you know, your, um, what's this? Your, your throat at me if you've got them around your neck. God wants us to be light. God is looking for us to be that city on a hill. You see, we're going public with this as a city on a hill. Now, it makes no sense. For somebody to light something and then to put it under a blanket or to put a lid on that light. And the reality is, many of you have been broken. You have had an experience of God, but then you have taken your glow stick and you have put it in your pocket. Roy, I was really impacted by what you said to me this morning. I'll tell you why I was impacted by it. Because here's a man who spoke to me a number of weeks ago about just the journey. And what he said to me was, you know, I just told somebody that we'd pray for him. That means to say that he's gone public. Roy, you've gone public. There's some other people who need to go public in their workplaces. In the neighborhood. That actually you're a Christian. That actually you love God. You don't want all the nonsense that around other people's lives. That don't make you a nerd. doesn't make you a geek. It doesn't make that you're going to be perfect. But you're going public with this. Some of you need to take the light stick out of your pockets and begin to wave it for Jesus. Because Jesus wants you to stand out. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Now I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine for Jesus, wherever you are, shine. And then Peterson says, what will happen as we shine? We'll have an open house. Christine, this is what's happening. We're open house. We're going to be generous with our lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to be open up with God. We're opening up our lives to those people who are less fortunate than we are. This is the kind of city on a hill that I am dreaming of. Now there are those who talk about, okay then, Christian, we know the city context of churches and being a, a company of people that join together and a light that shines, but... How is that meant to look? There's a lot of debate at the moment about missional church against attractional church. The reason why I'm saying this is because I've heard it around quite a bit around the the fringes of the church. And I want to nail it this morning. 
want to give you an understanding of where we stand on this whole journey of missional and attractional. For those who are now looking at me a bit quizzical and thinking, what is he on about? Basically, there are those people who say, well, missional church is all about in the marketplace and reaching out for God and just going out and just going out. And there's no need for this attractional kind of church that we run here. We're just missional. But there's also those people who say, no, forget the missional. We don't want to send people out. It's not about the marketplace. It's all about the attraction here, and let's gather, let's get them in this place. Let's, it's all about church on Sundays. That's all it's about, church on Sundays. You want to know where we stand? Both. Everybody's always trying to box me. Eric, everybody's trying to box me. I say, throw away the flipping box. Get rid of the flipping box. It's not about the box. It's about us being both. So what does that mean look like in my life? Well, it means that we want to equip you and I want to be equipped and I want to be trained and I want to go in this missional side of things. That means to say, it's not about going on a missions trip. It's about me, wherever I'm placed, being light that shines in the darkness. It's in the playground as I pick up the kids. It's uh, as I go to school. It's as I'm buying my coffee. It's as I'm talking to the shopkeeper. It's as I'm saying hello to the person in Tesco that greets me. It's as I meet people in in this town, you know, in government, in the school, the school teachers that I come in contact with. Wherever I am, I'm shining a light for Jesus. And also that includes for me, there are times and occasions that I have the privilege and opportunity of traveling to to other nations. But that doesn't make me a missionary. I'm a missionary where I am. You are a missionary where you are. But also, I believe in attractional church. Why do I? Because this is fuel for your soul, hopefully. This is the filling up tank. Now, I know we can do that at home. I pray at home. I receive from God at home. I'm able to worship God at home. I'm able to pray at home. I'm able to study at home. But there is something that happens as I gather with you. There is something that happens to my heart that I can't quite describe. But there is something that happens, and I know many of you feel it. That is why it's important that we gather. And that is why it's important that we do the kind of things that we're trying to do to make it attractive to people as they come in. Let's face it, do you want to go to a church that's boring? I hope you're not saying, well, this is boring, please. You know, do you really want to go to a church where there's rubbish musicians, where the guy at the front hasn't got a clue, where they're just all over the place, scratching their head. Do you want to go to a place where you get a rubbish welcome? Do you want to go to a place where the carpets are threadbare and, you know, the decor's rubbish? Help me. No, we want to create something that people will come to and say, you know what, really good, I like that place. Whether I join it is another thing, but there's something about it that I quite like. It's attractional. We want to be a city on a hill that is both missional and attractional. You see, we want to build a value of going, but we also want to build a value that it's important to gather. Now, not forgetting the strap line to go and grow and to love and serve our community, I want to just present to you very quickly five things on the screen that will help us to build this visible, influential, attractional, and missional city church. This city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So if we can go for it, that would be absolutely fantastic. The first thing I want to say is this. That we are endeavouring to be a praying community. Prayer 
is a priority. I thought I would hear a dozen amens. Prayer is a priority. I'll say it again, because I'm looking for more response. Prayer is a priority. Fantastic. Someone once said, prayer is my labor and prayer is my passion. It means to say that sometimes prayer is hard and also prayer is exciting. You see, we want to, as part of our goals, to embed prayer in the life of the church. Can I be bold this morning? Christine says I can, so I'm allowed to be. There are many people who pray around the life of the church. I know that because you tell me. I know that. But if I can honestly say, running through the life of the church, is there a spirit of prayer and a culture of prayer? I think we've got some to grow into that. I think we've got a, quite a bit of way to go. I really do. Let me take the responsibility now on me. Am I, do I pray? Of course. No, I don't. I want to be a praying man. I want to be a man who understands the heart of God. Prayer to be a cult. That's over here, young people. Prayer to run through universal. I want prayer to run through kids' church. I want prayer to run through shake. I want prayer to run through parent and toddler. Those uh, through uh, through Angela and I know you can't do it with kids who aren't, but you understand. Through every part of what we do, there's prayer, prayer, and prayer, because prayer becomes a priority. And one of the things that we're going to be looking at. And we're going to be very intentional about this and very serious about that. And if you're looking for some real sexy goals, then I'm sorry, you're in the wrong place. But there's something absolutely powerful about what we're sharing here. Because if we will embrace and embed prayer as a priority in our lives, we will go from one degree to another. God will help us. God will help us. And so in the coming days... Our heart and our passion would be that we actually have every day covered by prayer and fasting. Now, we haven't got 365 people who can actually do that. So we understand we may be aiming a little bit high, but I'd like to think that we could have a month covered by people, 30 people, who would say, you know what, on that given day, I'm going to pray. And at the same time, I'm going to fast. And I'm going to believe God for some great things to take place in people's lives, in the town in which we live, and in the area, and in the nation, and in the nations of the world. We are believing for prayer to become a priority in our lives. Last week, there were some prayer cards that were given out. They weren't nonsensical. They weren't ridiculous. They were very important. And at the end of the service, there should be some prayer cards for those people who didn't take one. And there was words on there. There was one, two, and three where you can put people that you're going to pray for. And we've also encouraged you to text and connect and have a coffee with them. I've got them in my wallet at this moment. I want to tell you, every day I've opened up my my wallet, I have prayed. And that has been every day this week for any of you who are thinking, yeah, right. Every day I've prayed over those people. Let me just give you a little bit of a testimony to the fact that one person I was praying with, and I'm aware that I'm on podcast, you know, it was just interesting. There was just a a conversation that I had with this person this week, and God is just moving the thing on for me. It's quite lovely. I'm just believing God for good things as a result of this. That's so quickly in that time. We want to be a praying people. Secondly, we want to be a going. A going people, if we can just put that on, Chris. Going. So praying and going. Going to all the world. God said, Jesus said, and as you go, I will go 
with you. We want to build a culture, a twofold, of bringing to church, but also entering people's worlds. It was Paul Scanlon, who's a great pastor up in Bradford, the Yorkshire area, that coined this phrase. I'm sure it was him. We spoke about, don't invite people to church, bring them to church. Bring people to church. And we want to encourage people to go and invite and go and bring to this attractional church. But we also want to be missional because we want to enter people's worlds. We want you to be empowered. We want you to be equipped. We want you to be trained. We want you to have confidence that when you are in a particular environment, you are there as a light that is shining. We're not asking you to just go and hit them over with a Bible and try and grab them to church. They may not be. Just, just um, reach out to people in your neighborhood. Reach out to people over a coffee. Just begin to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and how Jesus has changed. If Jesus has changed your life, then let people know about the change that Jesus has made. It's as simple as that. It's not about bringing people here. It's about seeing people come to faith. And I'm always excited by when I hear stories of you guys sharing Jesus with somebody, and then that person decides to go to another church. Genuinely, do you know what I feel by that? I say, great. Great. It's not about here. That's become more and more apparent in my heart. It's about Jesus being seen by the masses. So we want to be, and some things that we are going to definitely do, we're going to create um, places where people can come here. We're going to put some real fun events on in this coming year. That, that will, there will be places where you can invite family and friends and just people that you know. And they're not going to get preached at. They're just going to hear and see and feel something completely different. We're also wanting to see people go on mission. We really do. We have a particular goal that we want every person once in their lifetime to go on a mission. Can I ask, could you raise your hand if you've ever been on one or more mission trip? Would you just raise your hand? That's great. I did that in a context. Just keep your hands raised up just for a moment. I did that in a context of Mansfield and not one person raised their hand. So it's a challenge to us. Great to see so many hands go up. For you guys, you're not second class citizens, but our challenge is we want to see you go on a missions trip. That's all. And we're going to facilitate uh, opportunities, environments where you can go safely on a missions trip. I believe that as we see as a church, we go on a missions trip, our lives are changed. Thirdly, we want to be concentrate on training. John Ortberg who's a prolific author and speaker. In that um, material that we studied, studied about an ordinary day with Jesus, he made this statement. Too many people are always trying. It's not about trying. It's about training. It's about training. And thirdly, what we're going to concentrate on is training. It's training. Now let me announce something to you. Equippers will finish. It will be no more as from December 2011. Don't be so put out by that. What we are going to do is we are going to create a training forum during the week that will run on a Tuesday night, but it will be completely different to how Equippers has run. It will have a different name and a different feel because we want to see people trained. We want to give people the opportunity to train. And I'm also mindful of the fact that you say, well, Christian, the reason why you don't see 
me there on a Tuesday. It's frankly, I'm abroad, or I'm at this appointment, or I'm on business, or I just can't get because the kids. And it's just frantic lives. We understand that. So as part of our training, we're also going to endeavour to have materials that we can give to you, that you can take and you can study in your own time. We're also going to be putting some things online. So you can actually go online into our website, you can get down, it's not going to be anything fancy, even to the point there, if there is a question that you need answering, within 48 hours you can email, and one of the pastors or one of the trainers, it won't be me, I can guarantee you that, with a hard question, they will come back to you, they will come back to you within four days and give you an answer. We're trying to make training a part of who we are and what we do. We're also wanting to train people in marriage. We may not do some of this training, we may bring people in. I'm just at the moment talking with Care for the Family. What an amazing organisation Care for the Family are. So we want to train people in marriage. We want to train people in raising children. We want to train people in leadership. We want to train people in preaching. We want to train people in Christian life and Christian character. Want to help people to understand the process to train people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me this morning? We want to train people. And so we will be looking at that. Remember, it's not about trying. It's about training. Fourthly, we want to be engaging. Engaging with our local community. I can really move over quickly with this because this is something that God is really opening up to us and there's a grace, if I can say this very humbly, there's a grace on us at the moment with regards to different organisations that we're partnering with and connecting with because we want to develop stronger links with people who are non-church people. Non-church people, you know, aren't scary. They're not the big bad beast. They're not, they're not some monster There are some great people, you know, who want to do some great things. It just so happens that they're not a Christian. That's all. And we want to engage with these people. We want to work at better in Ilkeston. We want to work at better in Mansfield. We want to work with Mansfield DC and Ariosh BC. We want to work with social services. We want to work with probation. We want to work with these organizations. They're great organizations. And we want to work. Will we compromise our position? No. But they're not asking us to compromise our position. We always flag that up. Oh, you'll be compromised. They're not asking us to be compromised. They're great people. There's a number of school teachers around here who are Christian school teachers. You're not compromised. The people that you work with are great people. Just keep working with them. And those that do want to compromise you, guess what? Don't work with them. It's quite simple. We want to engage with agencies. We want to engage with the community. We want to serve, love and serve the community more and more and more. It's interesting that both communities in Ilkeston and Mansfield mirror each other. It's just that Mansfield is a bigger community, that's all. The same social problems exist in Ilkeston, they exist in Mansfield. It's across this region. By God's grace, and it will be a grace thing, We want God to just raise up an army that engages with our community, engages with the culture in which we live, and see something significant take place. I thought I'd get a great big round of applause there, but I'll move on very quickly. Okay. Yeah, I think that's worthy of it. I really do. Thanks, Eric. Engaging. And lastly, we want to be influencing. We want to be influencing the world. Let me just say to you, if you think that we're stood up here thinking that we're so far up our own, you know what? 
then you're wrong. But what's the point of having a small dream? What's the point of having a small goal? What's the point of having something that's so insignificant? We don't need God for that. We don't need God for that. We do not need God for it. Because if it's so small, you can do it yourself. But God is wanting to say to us, you know what, guys? I actually think you can be an influence in church. I really do believe you can be an influence to the world. I really do believe that in this small company of people that we've got together, because by the way, I consider us to be small here. I actually believe that God can take us and actually begin to use the numbers that we have here and we can actually be an influence in the world. We're going to, in a moment, in a few moments, show some of the photographs of where we have influenced the world. But before I get to that, let me be very clear. Our goal is to see wherever we begin a campus, to see 10% of the population ministered to from Arena Church. Yeah, wow. 10% of the population ministered to from Arena Church. I didn't say coming to our church. I said ministered to. There's a lot of people who come to Food Bank, you know, and they're walking down the street and say, I'll go to that Arena Church. And they do. But they don't come on a Sunday. And that's fine. At this particular moment. That's fine. So to see 10%. For those who aren't particularly good with figures, let me just help you. If we take this 50,000, if we take some of the uh, surrounding areas of Ilkeston, that means to say we want to minister to 5,000 people each week in Ilkeston. In Mansfield, they've got 100,000 people, so 10% of 100,000 is what? 10,000 people. We want to minister to each week. Now, are we going to do that next week? It depends how you're fixed. Are you up for it? course we're not going to do it in a, in, a, in a week. I'm just throwing out this as the dream. This is the goal. We need God in it. It's so big. It's so bold. It's so brave that it's going to fall. I'm going to absolutely look like an idiot unless God comes in and breaks in. Unless God comes in and breaks upon you guys, it's all going to fall flat on its face. But we want to be an influencer in the world in which we live. We do support some local and international outreaches and I've nearly finished. And I don't know whether, Chris, we can just get them on the screen this morning. But uh, there are some people that we, that we give to. Dave and Jeanette are here today. There's a support that we give to them. Dave and Jeanette, they're four children, John, Kieran, Daniel and Megan. They run a counselling and support centre in Milton Keynes. They're in a three-storey building with 14 counsellors offering support to general and addiction clients. They do an amazing work amongst hurting and needy and vulnerable people, plus also very rich, very wealthy business people who are now coming into contact with David and Jeanette, who have a lot of issues around their lives. And uh, we thank God that we can partner in just a small way with them. If we can just go to the next one. Um, oh, Rachel, yeah, I'll just see her on the end. Yeah, she's working in Albania. She will be with us, hopefully, in November, just for a few minutes. Uh, we'll give her opportunity to share, and she runs a great children's ministry in Albania. If we can just move on to the next one, Chris, thank you. We have Stefan and John Miller, children, and they have four children, and he is a pastor and a church planter. He's just a maniac in terms of what he does and how he lives his life. And Oh, there's Mr. Ridley. Oh, God help us. Okay, uh, there he is, and uh, he just runs a great organization called Light Force, and uh, he did, he left his full-time pastorate in Milton Keynes to 
divide his time between many different uh, continents. He's out of the country a ridiculous amount of time. I'm actually going to be with George in Hungary, traveling with him to Hungary in November. And uh, so that will be great. Can we say, see the other ones? We have Neil and Lou and uh, the three children. And again, they're working in Albania. They're running a youth and children's program in Toronto. These are all people that we financially support and give to on a regular basis. And they're just doing an amazing job out there. Here he is. He looks like Robin Hood to me. I mean, robbing the rich to feed the poor. He's out there at the moment in Ghana and uh, just an amazing man of God. He really is. And uh, again, Chris and I will be out in in Ghana in November uh, to see him for a few days. Is there, are there others that are coming up there? We haven't got time to show everybody that we've been putting into. And is there any more? That's it. There are other people in Romania that we've had contact with, that we've given to through Starfish Ministries and also through one of Andy's friends, Lee Saville. Over the years, we've been in contact with him and financed. And there's different people that we've put money monies into. There are some who are a little more rigid, as in we give in monthly support. And then there are other things that we just feel that we want to give to. It's all part of influencing Just bear with me just for a few moments because this is an important part of our service. Because one of the goals that we want to see and the continuation of influencing is not just to keep supporting the people that you've seen on the screen, but we are also partnering with Compassion. And in January 2012, on 22nd of September to be exact, Tim Robertson will come and share some of the work of Compassion. We've got a short video, just a couple of minutes that we want you to just take a look at this video And then I'll draw this to an absolute conclusion. Thanks, Chris. Got a problem. Let me just give you an update. Basically, Compassion uh, are an organization that has been going for many, many years. I think 50 plus years. They do a great work amongst children. Their whole purpose is to eradicate poverty in Jesus' name amongst children, to give uh, children a start in life. So that means educate them, clothe them, feed them. There's a knock-on effect to their families. And we have been working, the leadership have just been working with Tim and just trying to gather an understanding of where we can help and where we can really make an impact. We didn't just want to stay in Europe, we wanted to go beyond Europe. And so we are going to be sponsoring... The Magumu Child Development Centre in Kenya, we're going to be starting with 80 children, 80 children that we are looking to sponsor through you guys. And the opportunities that are going to come from that are going to be immense, not just for the children, but also for you. You will have opportunity to have contact with those children, write to them, you know, have, uh, send them birthday cards, etc., etc., And then in a year's time, from January onwards, we will be able to go out to Kenya and actually go and see our children. We'll be able to go out and see the village in which they live. I'm really excited about it. I really am. And and it will be a church project that we uh, are involved in together. It won't just be the ones supporting in India and ones supporting in Ethiopia and ones supporting in Guatemala. We're going to take this project... And with compassion, we're going to work with them and see what happens in the coming days. 
Those who were here on that, on that time with Tim, it was just a fantastic presentation, wasn't it, guys? Those who were here to hear what he had to say. And that is all part of what we are believing for, of influence. Let me just make a, my summing up comments.